Friends, God created us for fellowship. God created us to be with him. A lot of times people are like, oh, you know, why did God create mankind? And I'm here to let you know he created us for fellowship, to be with him. Um, some people say, well, God, you know, created us, you know, to do, you know, to do his work and to do his will. And, and I kind of, I'm, I'm with you there if that's the case. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, we get the privilege of being included in his plan, included in his purpose. And God chose to need us. God didn't need us. He chose to need us. And that's remarkable that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe chose to need us, but really it's an inclusion into his plan. But we were created for a relationship with God. We see it from Genesis 1.1. We see it all throughout the Bible. We see it through the book of Revelation. We were created to be in relationship with him. And he's not just wanting followers. He's wanting lovers of him. Impact Rock Church, we, we have a, a simple statement, a six-word statement that's, that's our, our purpose, and that's helping people love and follow Jesus. Love and follow Jesus is not just about following him. He's not looking for robots. He's looking for lovers who will follow out of affection and relationship it's amazing. Today I'm going to be talking about hearing from God. And I want to give you a little glimpse behind the curtain, right? Um, other churches do things a different way. They, every church does things different, and we do things a different way. There's churches that they have their preaching schedule mapped out a year in advance, and they know what they're preaching four months from now, and six months from now, and three weeks from now, and and all that stuff. Um, and that's not really how we do it. We keep enough margin available. Now we have an idea. I have an idea what the next three series are going to be. But until I hear from the Lord, yeah, that's the message and now's the time, I really don't know. So I just respond every week and I say this all the time, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? And that's the message you get. So here's, here's what's cool. Last week, um, just in the midst of my message, I mentioned several times about hearing from the Lord and hearing, you know, I heard from the Lord and I, you know, responded and da da da. And immediately after church, uh, a, a gentleman and his family there, I was talking with them and he's like, man, I, I've been saved my whole life and you're talking about hearing the Lord. I wish I could do that. I wish, I wish I could hear from the Lord. I'd love to know how you do that. And then, um, and then later on, Kara came to me and she goes, hey, I got a text, you know, from, from, Rachel, and Rachel had asked, you know, hey, I, at some point, could you unpack that? Like, I, I want that. And we just started hearing from multiple people, like, how do you hear from the Lord? How, what does that look like? I want to know how to hear from God. So that's what I'm preaching on today, and not just today. We're starting this series, um, and we're going to unpack this, and we're going to cover a handful of ways to hear from God. But I want to make this point abundantly clear. God is a God who desires relationship. And so he speaks. How many of you guys have like some good relationships? You have a good friendship. You have a good brotherhood, a good sisterhood, a good marriage. How many of you guys have, don't, don't, you don't have to raise hands. We all do. And one of the things that's key in all of them 
is communication. Yeah, I talk with this person. I mean, ladies, I know you guys have this gift or curse. I don't know which one. It's probably a little bit of both. Where you can be on the phone for hours. Carol will come home from being wherever she was, and I hear the door, and I get all excited, kind of like a puppy dog, and my tail starts shaking. (laughs) And I'm like, she's home. And she walks in, and I can tell she's on the phone with her mom, and I'm like, well... 45 minutes later, she'll walk over and go, hi. And I'm like, no, 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 I've been here for 45 minutes. And now you're giving me a hi because you're off the phone with your mom. But, you know. But my point in that is you have this gift and, and it's, it's amazing. But guys, like we encapsulate like a two-hour conversation into 10 minutes and that's awesome. That 10 minutes of, of conversation and communication. God... God still communicates. And there's different trains of thoughts in this, and there's, there's people that are like, hey, God said all he had to say, and he wrote it in his scripture, he wrote it in his word, and God doesn't have anything else to say. And to that I say, that contradicts, that's contradicted hundreds of times throughout scripture. When he talks about relationship, Some people say, well, you know, how do we have the right, you know, if we don't have the right to, to talk with, you know, the, the almighty God? And to that I say, absolutely, we don't have that right. Absolutely, we don't. We have the privilege. We have the honor. Sure, sure I'll agree with that. We don't have the right. But we have the honor because he has created a place for us and said, come in. Come into my presence. He's torn down the barrier so that we can go straight into the presence of God. And he desires just intimacy. He cares about the things that no one else cares about. All right, I'll make it quick. If you come to me and you're like, hey, I had a dream. I'm like, oh, like a godly dream? Like a dream? No, it was a weird dream. And there were, you know, in this dream, you know, there was hamburgers and there were alligators. and There was this... I might cut you off and be like, hey, no one cares about that dream. That was a weird dream. But, but I, let me just stop you right now. I don't care. God cares about even that weird dream. So today we're going to start answering the questions of how we hear from God. I'm not going to say there's five ways we hear from God. That's ridiculous. Our God can speak to us any way he wants but we're going to highlight a handful of ways so that we can together like just grow in hearing from God because it's vital. So let me ask you guys, what is, what is eternal life? Because Jesus has a very cool definition of eternal life that might be a little different than our definition. And, and that definition is found in, in John Chapter 17, if you want to open your Bibles or your Bible apps, there you can. The, the, message, the words will also be behind me. I'll be in John quite a bit today. Um, so if you are following along, just keep a, a bookmark in John. But in his last prayer, before being betrayed, before being crucified, before being arrested, taken to his torture, his crucifixion, Jesus prayed this in John 17 he said father the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you 
since you have given him authority over all flesh to give what? To give eternal life, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. Okay? And he he gives us the definition that they know you, Father, the only true God, and that they know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the definition of eternal life from Jesus. It's relationship. It's that they know you, Father, and that they know me. It's relationship. It's intimacy. And this isn't book knowledge. This isn't theological knowledge. And I'm going to get to that in a second in another story that we see in Scripture. This is not theological or, or scriptural like word knowledge. This is relationship knowledge. This is eternal life that they would be in relationship with you and that they would be in relationship with me. It's incredible. 1 John 1, 1 through 3 says this. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you That he is the one who is, what? Eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you might have what? Fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now I love that because that is church. That you might have fellowship with us and let me tell you what fellowship with us is. Fellowship with us is fellowship with the Father and Jesus Christ. Now, I do, there's times I envy them. They're like almost bragging a little, right? Oh, yeah, no, everything we're telling you is because we've seen it. We've been there. We touched him. We hugged him. We loved him. We laughed with him. We had inside jokes. It was phenomenal. And we don't have that luxury. Not of the physical touch, the physical presence, the audible hearing. But he is still with us, never to leave us, never to forsake us. But again, he is eternal life. And he desires fellowship with us. Not then, not you know, in the yonder, by and by, when we're all playing harps and wearing a lovely shade of light blue or whatever they wear in heaven. Now! Fellowship now. That's eternal life now. We have eternal life now. And if we're not walking in relationship with God, what are we doing, Christians? God desires an intimate, personal relationship with us, so he will speak to us. Because communication is essential to this relationship. So let's learn how to hear God. Let's learn how to experience God. So we're going to read from John chapter 4. And and I want us to approach this story and look at the personal approach, the personal approach that Jesus has when he encounters the Samaritan woman at the well. Most of us probably know this story 
very well. Okay, let's look at the way that relationally and personally he approaches this. John 23 and 24. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. So when Jesus encountered the adulterous, shame-beaten, outcast Samaritan woman on the edge of the Samaritan village at the well, he knew what she needed. She was getting water at the well in the heat of the day instead of at the cool of the day where everyone else got their water because she wanted to avoid the crowds. She was an outcast. She was in adultery. So she came at a point later in the day, paying the price of, of heat, but avoiding the sneers and the snide remarks and the mocking, and she encounters Jesus. Now what's interesting is this woman actually has pretty solid knowledge. She actually wants to debate Jesus to some extent on the uh, theologi- Jewish theology and Samaritan theology of, of worship on this place. And Jesus is like, uh, he, he makes this statement, he's like, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter where. What's going to matter is the condition of a heart. It was not a theological discussion or knowledge of the word that this woman needed, but a life-changing encounter with God. So I'll say this to us. It is not a theological knowledge that you need that I need, but a life-changing encounter with a loving God. Jesus was certainly more than capable of debating and winning any debate. Because we do it. We debate with him. He wins. It's amazing that what he gave her was the opportunity to experience a personal relationship. What's amazing is, is he's having this discussion at all because that was not the social norm. In fact, when his disciples came back, they were surprised he was talking to a woman. This woman actually ended up being used in one of the most remarkable evangelistic ways that we see in the New Testament. Because based on, on her interaction with the Lord, which went something like this, he's like, you know, he mentions her husband. She's like, well, Lord, I'm not married. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you're not married. In fact, uh, you've been married a handful of times and the guy you're living with right now, you, he's not your husband. So yeah, yeah. But he didn't shame her. He was just letting him know who he was. Because he's talking about there's going to be a time coming where it's going to be about the condition of your heart and how you worship. And he's letting, he's letting her know, I know you. I know your heart. I know your life. I know your past. And I know we're breaking the social norm right now of a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. But none of that matters. And then she actually comes forth and she's like, I know there's going to be a Messiah, the Christ. And he reveals to her before he reveals to the world. He's like, that's me. I'm the Messiah. 
That is remarkable, friends. But this is in Scripture because this is what He wants with us, to reveal Himself to us in ways that break our expectations and the norms, whether we can go, ah, oh, I'm in the presence of God. But here's where we differ, because she went into her village, said, this guy tell, told me everything I've ever done. You need to come see him. Let's go. Let's go. Get up. What are you waiting on? Let's go. And she gathered everyone in the village, and they went to him, and Jesus stayed with them, and he talked and loved on them. And there was a revival. And God used this Samaritan woman. And we talk a lot about, about not discounting you know, yourself and not excluding yourself and not taking your, you know, yourself lightly. God wants to use all of us in mighty ways, different ways, but mighty ways. I know we long for that, that physical touch from the Lord, that verbal word from the Lord. And you and I might struggle because it's harder to relate to an invisible God. It's harder to relate to a God who, who isn't there right there beside us, looking us in the eyes and speaking where that we, we hear his voice and feel his breath and feel his touch. And because of this, some people make a conclusion. They conclude that the only way to know God is through his word. The only way to, to know God is through his word. And so they diligently seek his word and they diligently study his word and they purpose and they, they make this commitment to, to follow his commandments as outlined in his word because they think that's the only way to connect with God. I think their heart is in a hungry and a right place. But I'm here to tell you that is not the only way to connect with God. He wants to have relationship with us. Now, I love God's word. I love his word. I love when the Holy Spirit just causes something to come alive, and I'm like, ah, that's incredible. I can't wait to share it. I, I, I don't wait. I don't wait till Sunday. I, I share it to whoever will listen. Oh my gosh, look at how good this is. Babe, let me tell you this. Andy, let me tell you this. You guys, we shouldn't just commit ourselves to the studying of his word, but commit ourselves to being in his presence and going in relationship with him, with him which includes seeing what he has to say in his word. I promise you, God's not going to say anything to us that contradicts his word. And so for us to know that God's not contradicting himself in his word, what do we need to know? His word. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. I'm just letting you guys know. If we're hungry to hear from the Lord and we're not spending time with him relationally, not, not in study, but just him, just meditating, being silent before the Lord, not even in prayer. Prayer is different from meditation. Meditation is just being quiet before the Lord so that we can hear when he's speaking. But also part of that in, in our hunger to hear from the Lord, we have to know what the word of God says. Because there's times he'll speak that and he'll say, hey, remember what I said? Boom. And he'll remind us of scripture, the Holy Spirit. That's one of the promises of Jesus. He will remind you of everything I've said and done. 
So the Holy Spirit reminds us of a scripture. We're like, oh, that's so good. And we look it up. We're like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. So I want to I wanna point out one step right here in hearing from the Lord. We've got to, we got to know our voice. We, we have to be able to recognize our voice. You have to be able to recognize your voice. I know me. I know Mark. A lot of y'all know Mark because I live my life transparently. For good or bad, I'm, I'm transparent. I know me. I know me better than anyone. I know my voice. It's incredibly valuable in hearing from the Lord because when I hear something in my heart, not, not hear, hearing, when I hear something, it's the first filter I go through is, ooh, that's not me. I know me. That's not me. That's not me. Okay, Lord, I'm listening. Is it you? What are the other voices? The, the outside world, the world can influence us. The world is a voice. But that's pretty easy to, that's pretty easy to identify. Honestly, the voice of the world is pretty easy to identify. Also, the voice of the enemy is usually pretty easy to identify also. You're a bum. Look at how lazy you are. You should be, you should be out there doing this. You're, you're worthless. You put on a good face and you come to church, but... but but you know the real you. That is not you. That's the devil. And he's a liar. And we don't have to agree with the garbage he says. In fact, we can rebuke him. We can submit to the Lord, rebuke the enemy, and he must run. So we learn to... So, that, so Lord, is this me or is this you? Lord, is this me or is this you? And faith is always a part of it. Faith is always a part of this process. Lord, I trust this is you. Lord, I trust this is you. I believe this is you and I'm going to act in faith that this is you. And I'm going to grab a hold of it or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a word for you and you're like, Lord, I definitely believe this is you because this is edifying my soul in a way that I don't edify my soul. I don't build up Mark. I rarely build up Mark. Every now and then I'm like, you're the man. You're the man, Mark. You crushed that mowing of the lawn. That lawn looks awesome. You're the man, Harp. Whoop. It's rare. When I get a word that builds me up, I know who that word is from. Oh, God, you're so good. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you. And then I just pause. I'm like, what else? Lord, that was really good. Like, what else? And then I know when he gives me something to build someone else up. Because I'm like, oh, Lord, that like builds... I, I, I just, that's not just an encouraging word of friendship. That's an encouraging word for the soul. I want to share that with that person, Lord. But I think I guess that first step is know your voice. Know your voice. Know you so that you can quickly set it aside and go, oh, okay, that's not me. I know me, Lord. I I feel like this is you. But faith is still part of this requirement. Just so you guys know, it will always be part of this requirement. God doesn't want us to have a legalistic, stagnant faith. And if our faith is only in Scripture and gaining like head knowledge, then our relationship with God 
is stagnant and lifeless and probably no better than those who worship idols. Because it's not a relationship and he sees eternal life as a relationship. Your definition of eternal life is secondary to what God says it is. It has to be togetherness with him, fellowship with him, knowing the Father, knowing the Son. The Holy Spirit hadn't made his arrival on the point yet, but I'm going to throw the Holy Spirit in there too. And knowing the Holy Spirit, it's knowing God. So Psalm 115, 4 through 11 says this. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold, shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, and noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, and feet but cannot walk, and throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. O Israel, trust the Lord. He's not one of these idols. He's not to be worshipped one of these idols. O Israel, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. O priests, descendants of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. There is a, a, a powerful statement and warning being made here is don't make your relationship with God to be some dead, lifeless thing with an idol that can't respond back. Even then, the message of that is not what what God wants. That is not a relationship with the living God. Those are idols and they're dead. And our faith in God, trust the Lord, O Israel. Trust the Lord, O Vicky. Trust the Lord, O Jesse. Trust the Lord, O Joe. Trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. Those are very active words. Those are very active words. Kim, what does it mean that God is your helper? It's an active word. It, it, it doesn't just imply that he's there to help, to guide, to strengthen, to be present, to be a friend. It flat out states it. And in this passage, it's like repetitive. And he's your shield. He's your protector. Friends, we will become we will become like what we worship. We will. We're created to worship something. We're created as worshipers. It is in us. And we're going to worship something. We are. You're going to worship something. And we, we become like that thing we worship. And God doesn't want us to worship religion. God wants us to worship him in relationship with him, acknowledging that he, he is good. You guys, it's easy for me to stand up there and worship expressively on a, on a Sunday morning because I know him. I know who we're singing about. When the, and when there's a word that appears up there that just resonates in my heart, it touches me. And I'm like, that's him. That's my God. That's my friend. That's my Lord. And it moves me because I know him. I'm not singing about a stranger. Debbie, give me the name of a first name of a friend of yours that I don't know. Julie, 
I can't sing about Julie. Is she a good friend? That's awesome. I can't sing about Julie. I don't know her. Even though I could ask Debbie, thank you for answering my questions, I could ask Debbie, take five minutes and just rave about Julie, and Debbie could take five minutes and rave about Julie, and I still wouldn't be able to sing about Julie because I don't know her. But I can sing about my God. We getting this? In John 14 and John 15, it's John 14, 15 and John 15, 14, so it's easy to remember. Jesus makes a couple really bold statements. He says, if you're my friend, you'll do what I say. He said, those who, who obey my commandments, those are my friends. So we, we, we can read that and we can go, okay, so it's all about obeying his commandments, right? It's all about obeying his commandments. That's how God sees, that's his love language. I say it all the time, obedience is his love language. But it's not about the act of obedience to a set of commands. It's about a trust in God that can do nothing else but obey because we know who he is and we love him and we trust him. John 14, 23 says this. So this is right after Jesus makes one of those statements and he says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Okay, that part... Okay, that sounds a lot like what I just said, right? But let's see what he keeps saying. And my father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. Boy, that doesn't sound like a legalistic list of requirements. Does it? That sounds like relationship. We'll come to you. We'll love you. And we'll make our home with you. That's remarkable. But he does lead by saying, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And that's the key is, if we love him, our response is to keep his word. Sounds like a vibrant personal relationship, not obedience to a set of doctrines. Why am I hammering this point home? Because I don't know, I know some of your like religious backgrounds, but I don't know everyone's religious backgrounds. There's people listening online. I don't know their religious background. But there's some that were raised saying, you have to follow this set of doctrines. You have to follow these set of rules. And Jesus is quite clear saying, That's, it's not about the rules. It's about the relationship. Maybe we should say that. This isn't in my notes, but I feel like this is good. Say, it's not about the rules. It's about the relationship. So do you believe that? We have to believe that. You guys, we, I think in some aspects, in some ways it's, it's easier to follow the set of rules. I'm a checklist kind of guy. Do you know that I'll do things and I didn't have it on my checklist and so I'll add it to my checklist just so I can check it off? That's so satisfying to me. I'm a checklist kind of guy. And sometimes in our our relationship with God, we could make it about the checklist because it's easier. It's easier than spending time with Him. The checklist is easier. It's easier than being vulnerable with Him. 
It's easier than being silent and sitting and, and listening. And then by faith grabbing a hold and then dialoguing, Lord, I believe this is you, but Lord, this is, I'm, I'm learning how to hear your voice. How do I know this is you? And The God of the Bible, the one who created us, wants to be in relationship with us. And I said it before and I'll say it again. We see it in Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First and Second Third John, Jude, Revelation. All of them. I had to do that in the fifth grade. I won, a, I won a prize at Redondo Beach Christian Center for being able to do that in fifth grade. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. I think that that... Is that what your Bible says? Seek his will, not seek his word? Not seek his scripture? Seek his will. It, it, we're talking about a relationship with here, here because we're talking about trust. Now we can get confirmation of his will in his word, for sure. I love God's word. But I'm telling you, I don't have a relationship with God's word. I have a relationship with God. So, I told you about the conversations I had with people saying, oh, I want to hear, you know, be able to hear from the Lord. So I come home and I, and, and I share the first story with Karen. She's like, oh, well, I got this text from Rachel. So she shares that with me. And then all of a sudden, Karen goes, oh, maybe we need to, to go back to that Experiencing God book. Then I bought this book. We, we, we bought two of these. We met in 1996. We were married in 97. We probably bought these in 97. So she's like, yeah, maybe we need to circle back on that Experiencing God book. I'm like, huh. That's something resonated. I'm like, that's the Lord. That's not just care. That's the Lord. So I'm sitting there thinking about it. And all of a sudden she goes, hey, that'd be a good series. And the Lord's like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? You don't always hear that. So I heard from the Lord a handful of ways. I heard from the Lord through the people who said, hey, I really want to learn how to hear from the Lord. I heard from the Lord through them. And he made sure I heard that. Then I heard from my wife, yeah, what about that book? Which which we're going to, we're in a series now, guys. So the graphic says intro. We're in a series right now on hearing from God. And we're going to pull a lot from this book. Now, um, can we show... Yeah, this, this is a cool cover, right? Awesome picture of Moses near the burning bush. So they changed the graphics. They changed the cover. I don't like the new... I don't like it as much. Whatever. I mean, I like this. This one's cool. But if you want to buy the book online, see how big it is? It's about like 11, 12 inches tall. It's got 200 and something pages. I'm going to send out the link so you know exactly where to get it. I'm trying to find it cheaper, but so far on Amazon at Lifeway, which is the publisher, it's about 21 bucks, but I can... With Prime, you get free shipping. So we're going to buy some as a church and have them available. 
but if you've got Prime, go, go find. We're going to send you the link so you know exactly what book to get. But if you're hungry for this, then here's what I'm, the first thing I'm asking you is make an investment and buy the book, buy the workbook. And I mean, I, we're going to go along this together, but, but this will be really beneficial. I want you to listen to the top, the, some of the, the chapters. Okay, these are the, on the contents, these are what the titles of the units are. First one, God's will and your life. Relationship. Second unit, looking to God. Relationship. Unit three, God pursues a loving relationship. Number four, love and God's invitation. And then unit five, God speaks part one. And then unit six, God speaks part two. So I read those to make this point clear. We're not giving you five steps to hearing from God this afternoon. Ten steps to be able to clearly hear from the Lord. It all starts with relationship, okay? It starts with relationship, and I love that this book patiently gets us there. So if three people responded after a message last week that wasn't even about hearing from God, then there's others that are wanting to hear from the Lord. So we're going we're gonna to go there together. Is that okay, you guys? I think the appropriate response right now is just an open dialogue with the Lord. Lord, this, this excites me. Lord, this, this is new to me. Lord, I'm totally comfortable with this. I am ready. Lord, I'm a little uncomfortable with this because this goes against what I learned in the different catechisms I had. Whatever it is, the appropriate response is that you open up dialogue with the Lord. sitting here just thinking, okay, what's our steps? Buying the book would be a good one. And I'm remembering this little girl, Emma, in preschool. We were all gathered around, and Miss Laney says, hey, guys, it looks like Miss Kara's ready to start with prayer. And Emma says, I'm ready to talk to Jesus. I've told the story a hundred times. I'll tell it a hundred times more. Because she understood that prayer wasn't another thing on our schedule. She understood that when we pray, we talk to Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, and I'm encouraging myself, the first thing let's do this afternoon is open up dialogue with God. I'm not sure what this thing looks like. I don't know how to hear from you. I, I want to know you more. I'm nervous. Whatever it is, I'm so excited. Whatever and wherever you're at, that little heart, that little three-year-old, let's just talk to Jesus. Let's just open that dialogue. That's the very first thing. It's not this big plan Maybe you're overwhelmed, like, oh gosh, a book. And maybe some of you are like, yes, I've already ordered it. Wherever you're at, it doesn't matter. What matters is what Mark has been saying about the relationship. Let's open up dialogue and see what God wants to do. Um, Let's stand. I want to close this in prayer and then I want to bless us. But I just feel like standing is a good good posture of response to the Lord. Um, And if you feel like you want to posture yourself in any other way, could be open hands, could be hands on heart, it could be whatever, but we're just going to respond to the Lord in prayer real quick. Uh, Lord, you're so good, and we love your definition of eternal life. We love it. Knowing you. Knowing you, God. We want to know you. 
We thank you that you're a God who speaks and we want to know how to hear you and how to be confident and full of faith that we are hearing from you. Lord, I ask right now that you would help us in that, that part about knowing our voice and that you would help us in learning to recognize the other voices in our life. And Lord, most importantly, Lord, we ask for help in recognizing your voice in our life. Lord, um, would you help us with the time management part? Lord, our hearts are in the right place and sometimes we have bad habits. And so would you help us with that time management piece that we will carve out time to be with you to pray, to listen, to meditate, to spend time in your word because, Lord, uh, you care about that and, and that's key in growing in relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would just stir passion. Lord, you would stir vision. Lord, you would stir hope. You would stir excitement in each one of us, Lord, as we go together, Lord, on this journey about hearing from you. In Jesus' name, amen. That will be my continued prayer is that just you guys get excited about this because we're excited about this. We're very excited about this. So love y'all. Um, leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Um, have a great day. If you want to look through my book, it's available right here. You just can't take it. You got to buy your own. Have a great day. Love y'all.